Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of, one that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. <sighs> Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-lunch pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Oh my god, can you hear this? That's been going on since 6am. No, I do not sleep in the same room as my son. It's just a small Brooklyn apartment, so it feels like you're in one room, but there's more than one. <laughs> oh, it's too early. Okay, let's do this. It used to be chill. It's all up in smoke. I think it's still fun. Parenting's a joke. I was cool. Hello, oh, listeners. Yeah. Welcome. This is the first episode of Parenting is a Joke. This is my new show where I bring together some of my favorite comedians who are also, you guessed it, parents. Yeah, I'm Ophira Eisenberg. You might know me as the host of Ask Me Another, or if you're a fan of The Moth, you may have heard me there. I'm a working comic, often telling jokes late at night, and I'm also a mom to a six-year-old named Lucas who loves to get up before 7 a.m. No, no singing right now. So I created this podcast as a way to talk to other creative people and find out how the fuck they do it. It is a real feat trying to be creative while also trying to be a parent or actually trying to do anything while trying to be a parent. I remember about a month after I had my son, I wanted to get back on stage, I think because I wanted to prove that I hadn't lost myself, that I could still do this career. I was more than just late nights alone with a screaming infant. I was a comedian. I had something to offer to the world. And I got to tell you, I really did feel like no matter what I did, I could not offer enough to my little new baby. So looking back, I have no idea how I managed this, but I went back on stage. I pulled on my best maternity jeans over my postpartum body. I maybe brushed my hair. I threw on some red lipstick, probably looked like I was completely undone, and I 
walked on to a stage on shows that started at like 7 p.m., 8 p.m., 9 p.m. And then I was back on a subway at 11 p.m., maybe even midnight, freaking out, being like, oh, my goodness, I have to get up in a few hours. I would bring breast pumping supplies with me to the club. I was pushing my body to the limit, basically, God, pumping around the clock for months. And to make it worse, I did not have anyone to talk to who was going through the same thing because all the parents in my neighborhood seemed to have regularly hour jobs or they were not working. And I walked around my apartment during the day, sleepless and pretty much naked from the waist up for five months. You think my husband would have loved that, right? Some woman just walking around topless at his house day in, day out. But I was also crying, going, I can't do this. I can't do this. So our apartment was like the saddest strip club ever. It was like that corner of Pornhub that you really, really didn't mean to click on. It was a really lonely time, and I I wish someone had taken me aside and told me that I didn't have to work at this pace. I didn't have to expect so much from myself, that it would be impossible to return where I left off, that it would build and it would be okay. But I just didn't know that. And I know this is controversial to say, probably, but I also wish someone would have told me that I didn't have to push my body, that I should stop pumping and just go to formula, because I was killing myself. It was just too much. So I wanted to do this podcast because I wanted this podcast. And everyone I talk to has a different way of becoming a parent, and the decision to have a kid has completely impacted their view of everything. What work they take, what gigs they have to say no to, if they even feel funny anymore, or if their last ounce of creativity has gone to figuring out how the government functions in Daniel Tiger's neighborhood. It's socialism, by the way, I'm sure. Will I also be offering tips, tricks, and parenting hacks, like how to swaddle your baby with an upcycled Whole Foods bag? No, I will not. But will I admit all the things I've failed at? Oh, yes, I will. Like the time I taught my child how to open and shut our fridge, and he wrote about it in his first grade school journal. Opening line, my mom collects wine bottles. Or like that time I used that nose Frida thing to suck out my kid's snot, but I forgot to put the foam stopper thing in, so I just inhaled clumps of mucus. Or the time I let my child wear his big boy underwear to my friend's holiday party when he was still potty training. We also want to hear from other parents. We want to hear from you. We want your funny, honest stories, just even a slice of your life. My seven-year-old daughter adores her new baby brother. She recently was gazing at him and said, now that he's getting chubby, he really looks like you. Fall is a seamlessly endless season of days off that I need to scramble to find a camp or childcare for. I don't know how to teach somebody to floss when I don't floss. You can find out how to talk to us by going to our website, parentingisajokepod.com. All right, now we know there are people that have bigger challenges than me and my guests, whether we're talking about access or illness or kids with challenges or communities with challenges, jobs they hate but remain in just to pay the bills. Uh, But this is a comedy show, and you've got my POV, and I promise, I promise at times I will make you feel like, oh my goodness, yay, I am so glad I am not her. And no matter what our circumstances are, we can all agree 
that it is very frustrating when your child refuses to eat a perfectly good meal because the green things are touching the potatoes. So let's begin the journey with my first guest, who is an award-winning comedy writer, and she has a new book out right now. It's a hilarious collection of essays called I'll Show Myself Out, Essays on Midlife and Motherhood. I'll be talking to Jesse Klein right after the break. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world from smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports on stages and at the box office. Women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to women take the mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Can I give you a real incentive to lean into your decision to start working out and eating better? I'm Carl, co-founder of Body. That's B-O-D-I. And right now, if you sign up for a one-year subscription to Body, I want to make you an offer you can't refuse. I'll give you 65% off. Look, I know it's not easy to get fit and lose weight, especially if you're trying to figure it out by yourself, but we make it simple. Just follow a program for 20 to 30 minutes day by day and lose 5 to 10 pounds a month. We have over 120 programs that have been tested and proven to work, and almost 300,000 five-star reviews in the App Store to prove it. Body also has complete eating plans and thousands of healthy, delicious recipes. So stop guessing and start seeing results with Body, and I'll give you 65% off your annual membership right now so you save big on the app that CNN underscored named Best Fitness App. So don't wait. Sign up for a year of Body and save 65%. Just go to Body.com. That's Body with an I.com. Joining us all the way from her home in Los Angeles, comedy writer, producer, author of the book, I'll Show Myself Out, Essays on Midlife and Motherhood, it's Jesse Klein. Oh, my yeah. God. Hello. Thank you so much for having me, Opira. You know, I was lamenting a fact that I just want to get out of the way right in the beginning. Sure. So I read your book. 
I relate to so much of it, and I'm laughing the whole yes. time, and I feel like I know you from reading it, and then I also know you a bit. But we lived in the same city for a while. Well, you grew up in New York. I moved here. But we never really knew each other, probably because I was scared of everybody. <laughs> I think I think that's, that's how I would summarize. Oh, my God. You didn't seem scared. You always seemed so incredibly cool. I mean, yeah, we did stand up together for many years around running around the same mean streets, <laughs> the same mean streets. And I always just thought that I was like, oh, my God, she's so pretty and so cool. I, I felt intimidated by literally everyone. I feel like I would just go do it, like do my stupid little five minutes and then scurry back to my house and eat like Indian food till one in the morning alone in my living room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. I did a variation of that where, I mean, I would just torture myself by staying out and drinking bass on draft oh. around all of these people just further feeling bad. Oh, my God. Do you know how good a bass on draft sounds right <laughs> now like to just an ice cold (laughs) right out of a commercial beer in the middle of the day what a dream (laughs) see these are the things that are well i wouldn't say i would say they're taken from us once we have kids but some people some people find room for it so Uh, i'm not speaking for everybody and one could say every male writer ever (laughs) who had kids (laughs) didn't seem to miss a step in the drinking the day away right we have so much to talk about First of all, Jesse, in your own words, please tell us the name of your child and how old they are. Um, Asher just turned seven. Okay, so I have one, Lucas, and he is uh, six. He turned seven at the end of October. We're in a similar world. Similar. We're in a similar, oh my God, the most similar. One of the chapters in your book includes a list of foods that Asher, I think, is around two or just shy of two are the only uh, foods that he would eat. I think that is the bliss that is still in play, just to say. (laughs) (laughs) Totally get that. I think it's still quite relevant. There will be a time when I will have to be, I guess, removed from the dinner table because I spend so much of every mealtime pressuring my child to eat. Oh, mealtimes and the the food stuff is one of my biggest triggers at the and oh it has been since I became a mom in terms of yeah him not eating um being so picky being limited again he's seven we can really eat about five foods mm-hmm. and when I see other kids his age eating a cherry tomato or a piece of sushi I, I want to like throw my whole house in the ocean <laughs> so to that end I'm part of many online groups for parents that I I will admit, read, never participate. (laughs) That's totally what I do. Yeah, totally. And there was one that was a whole conversation on if your kid is a foodie, and I I just wanted to write back to every single one of them, you're lying. You're lying, you're lying, you're lying. Foodie? Like, does anyone else want to get our kids together? Because your kid is also, like, very experimental when it comes to food. I was like, what kid is this? I can't even talk. I'm speechless from the level of fury I feel about this. I can't think of a more tone deaf thing to write on a parenting group. Let's get our foodie kids together. Just don't brag. Don't be a braggart. So for fun, our game writer, we have a game writer as part of our show, Emily Winter. She's brilliant. So fancy. And she wrote a game that is very surprising. And it's about everyday items that humans can 
totally digest. Okay. Okay. So I'm just going to throw out an item, and you just have to tell me if you think a, a human can digest it. Ooh, I love this. Okay. Like, digest it, we're and, defining that as be able to have it go from your mouth through your body without killing you, essentially. It can go through your mouth and out of your body and not be digested. So in this case, digesting will be that your stomach acids can actually break it Absorb down. It. Okay. All right. Chalk. <laughs> oh my god uh cannot digest it oh yeah you can oh i you know oh, my first thought yeah. was you can and i i want to say that i knew it i knew it you knew it. i second guess myself but you should never do so you can digest it the chalk dust isn't great to breathe in okay. so if you're gonna eat chalk do it quick okay all right leather you can digest it Yes, you can. Yeah, it's meat. Yes, you yeah, can. Yeah, okay, that feels like the easiest one so far. Yeah, you got to boil it for a <laughs> while. I don't know if anyone remembers this, but Werner Herzog ate his shoe. Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't know if you're a Werner Herzog fan, but he ate his shoe. It was a bet he made with Earl Morris. If he ever finished Gates of Heaven, he would eat his own shoe, and Earl Morris finished that. So he actually he boiled it with garlic and herbs for uh, five hours and stock, and then he ate it. Can I just say, that's so like a story about men. <laughs> 100%. Like women, even if they made this bet, it would be like, you don't have to eat it. And the other person would be like, yeah, I'm not going to. It feels very guy to be like, well, now I'm gonna, it's like, don't do it. No one's ever going to be like, I ate a Chanel handbag. Yeah. It's just like, oh, oh God, go <laughs> on. I'm already upset. All right. Razor blades. Cannot. So the answer is, trick question, I'm going to say. The answer is kind of. What? So there was an experiment done with uh, pennies, batteries, and razor blades. How fun. Who signs Ooh. up for this? I'm not sure. And stomach acid couldn't break down batteries or pennies, but could break down a razor blade by 37% in 24 hours. Yeah, but so, you're not even surviving the razor blade swallow, <laughs> it would are be, you? Yes. No, it would be messy. All right. A wooden stick. Can I digest a wooden stick? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, yes. No. No? I was like, where's wood from? I really just, my mind was, where's wood from? A tree. I'm like, tree is nature. We can eat nature. <laughs> I thought the same thing. That's where my mind went. It contains cellulose that's indigestible. It will pass through you once again, but I say not worth it. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anything on this list so far is worth it. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world from smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports on stages and at the box office. Women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to Women Take the Mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. 
Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Can I give you a real incentive to lean into your decision to start working out and eating better? I'm Carl, co-founder of Body. That's B-O-D-I. And right now, if you sign up for a one-year subscription to Body, I want to make you an offer you can't refuse. I'll give you 65% off. Look, I know it's not easy to get fit and lose weight, especially if you're trying to figure it out by yourself, but we make it simple. Just follow a program for 20 to 30 minutes day by day and lose 5 to 10 pounds a month. We have over 120 programs that have been tested and proven to work, and almost 300,000 five-star reviews in the App Store to prove it. Body also has complete eating plans and thousands of healthy, delicious recipes. So stop guessing and start seeing results with Body, and I'll give you 65% off your annual membership right now so you save big on the app that CNN underscored named Best Fitness App. So don't wait. Sign up for a year of Body and save 65%. Just go to Body.com. That's Body with an I dot com. Did you always want to have children? Um, you know, the answer is kind of no. <laughs> I have friends who like, you know, I was friends with an elementary school. I knew those people who knew from a very young age that they always want, wanted to have kids of their own. I did not feel that way. And that I then aged into like a certain amount of ambivalence. But I was very focused on like living my life and doing my career and and then kind of was like left everything to the last possible, possible second. Yeah. Um, yeah, truly. Yeah. I took a test that I thought was going to tell me you can wait another couple of years, come back later. And the test was like, oh, you have like half an egg left or whatever. So um, yeah. And then had to jump into gear. But I was, a, as they say, a geriatric pregnancy. Myself as well. Yeah. Pregnant at an advanced maternal age. Oh, so advanced. I mean, I, I, but I really, I have to say, I cannot imagine having had a kid like one minute earlier than I had my kid. No, I was not interested. And if it would have happened, uh, I would have been in a very difficult position. Same, same, same. A hundred percent. And I also don't want to have any more kids. Yeah. Like, uh, just to say, while we're in the political moment, we find ourselves in. And I think I'm, I'm enough of a bodily husk at this point <laughs> that it would be an impossibility anyway. But, uh, you know, you never know. But yeah, I could not sustain. I could not emotionally sustain another child. I'm at capacity with my one great kid. I relate to that because it was so harrowing in its own way and still went basically fine. Yeah. And yet I can't imagine putting myself through that again. I cannot. I cannot in any of the ways. I mean, God bless. I just could not for myself.
Did you have any experience with kids before you had a child? Were you babysitting at a young age? Did you have other babies Mm, around you from family? Not really. I mean, my poor kid really got dropped in on two full dummies. (laughs) (laughs) I <laughs> did not know what to do. Um, no, I mean, I had, I have a little sister, but um, she's not like so much younger than me that I was, you know, taking care of her really. And um, I have a very small family. I don't have like lots of little cousins. Yeah. I had no, I had no baby experience, like kind of none. <laughs> you know, and I think the way the knowledge is passed down is fraught. And one of the chapters in your book that you pay specific attention to this, it's the chapter called Underwear Sandwich, where you address the fact that, like, every school girl knows about wet dreams with adolescent boys. Somehow this knowledge is universal. We all need to know about it. Yeah. Yet the universal stuff that women go through with childbirth is shrouded in secrecy. You're told at the last minute. It isn't passed down. It's Even when it's told to you in the moment, it is in a way that feels like it's full of shame. Yeah. It's so crazy. You know, I went to public school in New York City all through, you know, up till college. And just, I remember that like somehow the one piece of the curriculum that always made its way in there was like wet dreams. <laughs> Somehow that was just always on deck. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, nothing, nothing about like the birth process. Like I'd heard whispers about what happens after you give birth. I think I talk about it in the chapter, like even the company that I guess sells a little sort of bundled pack of all the things you need for postpartum, which is like giant pads and witch hazel pads and mesh underwear that you can throw away. Like the marketing of that on their website was these are whispered secrets. (laughs) Like I can't remember the exact words, but it just felt nuts that it's just not known about even among women really. Oh, yeah. I remember making that sandwich, too. I don't think it was as beautifully um, <laughs> served to me as a underwear sandwich. I think they were just like, get ready and you're going to be uh, basically, there's no wiping yourself. Here's a bottle full of water that you're going to be rinsing yourself. Yes. And I was a little bit like, yeah, why Why wasn't this in on the baby shower list? Why wasn't this on the baby shower list? Why does someone have to walk around CBS? and find all of these things. But just even what's going to happen to you, it just feels like an afterthought versus this is huge stuff. And it feels so tied together with your mental health. You're mentally going through one of life's biggest transitions to begin with, but then to feel like you have to be surprised by stuff. At the same time, this seems like a moment to eliminate all the surprises. If there's a surprise to be eliminated, now is the time to do it. And it doesn't feel like we're there. Yeah, all of that stuff could easily be documented, handouts beforehand, you know, all of it. Yeah, the size of the chunks of blood coming out of your (laughs) vagina, not whatever. I mean, this is part of it. It's like, even as I'm saying, I'm like, not to be graphic, but then I'm like, I don't know what you're allowed to say. F it. You could say anything um, you want. Like, cause I just remember I was still in the hospital and I got up to go to the bathroom and like my, I, my, I was like, I was, it was the day I was checking out and my doctor had come to like, look at me one more time. And I loved my doctor. I was just shout out to Tani Sangvi, the best. And, um, 
she was in the room and then I was like, I'm going to, I think I have to go pee. And I, she was basically waiting for me to return to say goodbye. A chunk of blood, a blood clot. And I remember it so clearly because it was the size of a squirrel head <laughs> came out of my body and fell to the ground. It just fell out of my body and fell to the ground. And I was like, Dr. Tani, don't go. And I was like, um, a blood clot the size of a squirrel head just fell out of my body. And she was like, oh, that's normal. <laughs> I just had no idea. I had no idea. So people should know. People should know that squirrel head and golf ball size blood clots are going to drop out of their bodies. Part of this discussion, I think when we talk about it, uh, you know, we're conversing about it. You were writing about it in the in a book. I, I certainly uh, have seen a lot of people recently, parents, throw this stuff on stage in some form as stand-up. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, there is a fear that it is going to be kind of pushed aside as like, ah, it's like mom comedy yeah. or like the yeah. mommy blog world. And I, I read somewhere that part of your hesitation, maybe in the beginning of writing this book, you know, it was sort of like, it was the last thing you wanted to do was write about motherhood. Was it partially about, I don't want to be put in the same pile as all of this stuff that isn't kind of revered as yeah. good and worthy to yeah. all of culture. Yeah, it was 100% that. And then as I write in the book, I, I really started to examine that. I mean, it's what my whole book became about. This was what my life had been. This is what I was dealing with. And this is what I was living. And yet I still could feel like on a sort of molecular level, this resistance to writing about it and talking about it because mm -hmm. it was baked into, literally baked into me as a person who's grown up in the society we live in, that like none of this is important and none of it matters and none of it is a story. And first I was kind of had like a writer frustration about it. And then I just had a full human frustration about it because I was like, this is what I want to write about. And fuck that. Yeah. Why, why do I think that this isn't worthy of being a story. And in fact, isn't this one of the most important sort of enduring stories, which affects literally every human on earth because you either have a child or someone had you. It was a real exercise and kind of looking inwards at what my resistance was all about and realizing that I was not the one who had put that resistance in there. So it's interesting because you use Joseph Campbell's Hero's Journey as the sort of overriding template to tell the story of what it is to be a mother. You could even say it is the feminist take on one of the most classic heroic battles that we learn about for story structure. Yes. You know, I talk at the beginning of the book that I happened to be driving to the supermarket to get like teething crackers for my child. And I was at a point in my life where just everything felt both so banal and boring. And yet also I was having the biggest feelings that didn't feel like banal, boring feelings. And I felt like screaming and yelling and I felt great joy and great sadness and felt like I was constantly in a struggle. And I was driving and heard um, Elizabeth Gilbert doing some interview where she just, she was talking about the hero's journey and like that the hero's journey doesn't always look like you know, the typical hero's journey we associate with that myth in terms of a person going to a faraway place to conquer something. And the more I started kind of looking at the myth, I was like, this all makes sense. This actually all applies. If you were to boil it down, the hero's journey is one in which a 
person has to overcome a series of obstacles and challenges at great personal sacrifice to themselves. And they are different at the end of that journey than when they began. Yeah. And to me, that is a perfect summarization of what motherhood is. I think what I love about it, too, is the hero's journey, as Joseph Campbell tells this tale, is a very solo. It's, that's why some people say it's very male or very patriarchal. One man goes out on this journey. But using it as a framework, as you did with motherhood, this is involving more than one person. Yet, as the new parent, you are very lonely. It feels so singular at times. Well, it's a balance, right? I mean, even like all of those sort of the myths that Campbell references and the ones that kind of are like the modern analogs now, like Star Wars or Lord of the Rings. Um, there is that idea of a magical helper. There's an Obi-Wan. There's a Han Solo who comes in. Right. It is both very lonely. And at the same time, there are those people who help you. If you're so lucky yes. as to have any help. And there are certainly parents out there who have no help whatsoever. Who is your number one Obi-Wan? <laughs> I mean, um, I think my number one Obi-Wan is my nanny. We have an amazing nanny who I could not be talking to you right now if I didn't have her as part of our family. She cares for my son as if he was her own. I may get choked up thinking about it. Yeah, I hear you. That is a relationship, even though there is a transaction to it. That person is part of your family. Forever. Oh, talk about getting choked up. We lived in New York when my son was born, and then we moved to L.A. when he was six months old. And we had, so we had a different nanny when he was born in New York, who I'm still in touch with. Her name was Luce. She was amazing. She was so gentle with me. I mean, this is that line. It truly makes me want to like just collapse on the floor. But when we said goodbye to her, you know, she had a very emotional goodbye with my son who was six months old. And I remember her saying to him, you will never remember me, but I will never forget you. Oh my God, you're going to make me cry. <laughs> I know. I know. I can't even say it. It's hard. It was really moving. I, and I will never forget that she said that. As a comedy writer, do you feel the darker comedy that mm, you want to write? Do you, do you have less access to it? Do you feel like you have more access to it? Is it different? Oh, I think I've gone fully to the dark, <laughs> to the dark, dark, the darkest of sides. Yeah. I mean, I've always been a little bit of a, uh, an Eeyore. <laughs> dark comedy, I think is sort of like where I philosophically live both just how I move through the world and like what I like to watch and create. But um, yeah, I think when you have a kid, it just feels like the expectation is we're just like these little Madonna virgins and everything's rainbows and unicorns and we love this. And, and I think maybe it's like the things in your life or in your soul that feel dark it's almost like you're more aware of them because it feels like everyone around you expects you to just not feel darkness. Um, I think it becomes like a bit of a surreal exercise. I do sometimes just end certain days feeling like I've fully put on a Broadway show <laughs> <laughs> for like my child. Ideally, you're keeping it together as best you can. That is a good idea for a child. Not that you can't ever, you know, cry or be upset, but you know what I mean. Oh, absolutely. I think like that 
experience can sometimes leave you feeling even more depleted. Although sometimes it buoys me as well. It's like having to pretend you're doing okay will make you feel okay. Some days, you know, you're going to fake it till you make it a bit. Yeah, muscle through. You know, you brought up a good point and you've in it's within the book too, which is something that resonated so much with me, is there's this standard of whatever this mythical mother is that is all giving and all nurturing and all perfect. perfect. You know, you talk about sending Asher to preschool with his lunch. We're going back to food here. Food. And how the lunch boxes is true. When I was a kid, I had a paper bag. So, But now there's these beautiful bento boxes and things with compartments and they metal and they clasp. (laughs) And you (laughs) looking at what other kids had... It feeling like you didn't want to share that Asher had a, you know, peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Oh, Asher has a peanut butter and jelly sandwich every single day. <laughs> and he has had one every single day for five years, you know, with some goldfish on the side and uh, maybe some sliced apple. And that is lunch. That sounds like a balanced meal. <laughs> I have to like kind of emotionally put it down sometimes because I, it, yeah, it just makes me nuts. I mean, I was a very picky child growing up. Um, and then one day I just sort of aged to the point where it became like a social shame to be so picky because <laughs> cool. you couldn't like be with your friends, which truly I think is like a lot of how picky kids kind of get through. Sometimes you do like shame, mm-hmm. pure shame does become like a, a motivator to open up what you're eating a little bit. Um, so I'm kind of waiting maybe for that. <laughs> Great mom over here. Great mom. There's a billion reasons to always feel like you're a bad mother. And my sister said to me, you know, she goes, I remember the day I realized I was never going to make cookies. And she was like, it was a hard realization. And then I accepted it. And then things got better. I mean, how much trouble did Hillary Clinton get in for saying, like, I'm not sitting around baking cookies? Cut to, she's our secretary of state. Right. (laughs) Exactly. actually should have been our president. (laughs) One of the things I also loved is that you talked about wearing the same outfit every single day, <laughs> postpartum. Yeah, an ankle-length splendid skirt with an elastic waist. So what what's happened to the skirt? It's like a pirate flag at the end of a movie. Like, those were worn <laughs> until they were just like, oh, I think, is that a pirate flag? Was that a cross? It's hard to tell. There's so many holes. Those got worn until the tape ran out, as we used to say. Yeah, they they gone. Thank you so much, Jesse. Everyone should read your book. It is hilarious. You don't even have to be a parent. But if you are a parent, I feel like it it's catharsis. It's funny. It's relatable. It's called I'll Show Myself Out Essays on Midlife and Motherhood. So great to talk to you. And I hope I see you in person one of these days. Oh, me too. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. That's our show. Thank you so much for giving us a bit of your most precious commodity, your time. Visit our website at parentingisajokepod.com and you can find out how to leave us a voice message with what you're going through. It does not have to be funny. It just has to be real. You can rate us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Please tell all your friends or pass this along to someone you think could use a laugh. And follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at parentingisajoke.com and on Twitter at Parenting Joke. New episodes drop every Tuesday. And if you're around the New York City area and want to see me live, and trust me, I understand how hard that is to do, but I'm at Gotham Comedy Club in New York on Friday, October 21st. I am going to Connecticut to the Warner Theater in Torrington, Connecticut on Saturday, October 22nd. Details can be found at OphiraEisenberg.com and you can find me 
on all the socials at Ophira E. Check out my new comedy special, Filled with Parenting Jokes, streaming free on YouTube. It's called Plant-Based Jokes. Our episode is produced by me and Julie Smith-Clem. Our editor is Nina Perzuki. Our sound designer is Tina Toby Mack. Our production assistant is Abigail Shepard. Our theme song and music is by Adira Amram and The Experience. Special thanks to Don and Steve at CityVox and the humming stylings of Lucas Eisenberg Bayless. We'll leave you now with some quick thoughts about childbirth. As a man, there is no amount of ice chips that you can offer that will make a woman feel better during childbirth or make you look more endearing. When they try to make you look in the mirror, don't. They kept bringing it over and trying to make me look at it. I did not want to see my vulva wrapped around a baby's head. And after a while, I just had to say, Randy, tell them. And he said, she doesn't want the mirror. And that's, that's, that's my guy. All right, that's all I have to say. Obviously, I recorded this after I already had my evening weed. So make of it what you will. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply.